I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. All right. Hey, Ben. Hey, Noah. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thanks. Awesome. So this episode, listeners, we're going to jump into a topic called The Mom Test. There's a book called The Mom Test, and both of us uh, just recently read it. I actually haven't finished it. I think I have like an hour and a half left of the audiobook, but it's really good. And uh, really, we're both thinking, I think for both of us, this is kind of, this topic is something that it's kind of where we're at in our stage of our businesses, like validating our ideas, asking questions, trying to get feedback. And so I think this is a great topic for us to discuss just so that we can like think about how we can do this correctly. And then hopefully it'll be interesting for you listeners as well. So Ben, let's let's just kind of jump into, I guess, what is the mom test and then just kind of try to figure out uh, what's that look like? How can we actually implement it? Or or even just like what takeaways we've had from the book that will change how we do things in the future. So I guess, yeah. do you want to start out with taking a stab at what, what the mom test is? Um, actually, I want to take a step back from there. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I didn't even know that you were also listening to the audiobook, but um, I have to say it's it's a very well done audiobook because it's very casually like narrated by the author. Um, and I really yeah, like it's that. very so casual. Can, yeah, it's like <laughs> I really you can like kind of hear actually. him like coughing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really like that about it. Um, I'm listening to a lot of audiobooks while, I, while on my day job, and um, that actually made it easy for me to to follow along. Um, so I really like yeah. that. So if you get the chance to grab the audiobook, I would highly suggest doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, in general, the audio, uh, the <laughs> the audiobook, not just the audiobook, also the written version, um, is about talking to customers and um, basically getting a good idea of, um, yeah, validating your idea or validating if you should build something, which, as you just said, is basically the stage that we are at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, you you can also, and we will talk about that probably next episode. You can also apply that at a later stage. Like it's not just for people just starting out, um, but it's probably best suited for us um, because we don't we don't have this uh, specific. A thing in mind that we want to build. We might have an might have a target audience they want to focus on, um, mm-hmm. and just go go very unbiased from there. I think that's where it's most useful. Yeah, I thought it was interesting why he called it the mom test, uh, <laughs> because typically you know this kind of thing like oh don't go ask your family or your mom like they're always going to tell your idea is amazing. They're always going to say you're great, son. We love you. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, so it's kind of cool that he was basically saying, no, actually, if you're asking the right kind of questions and talking to your customers in the right way, you should be doing it in a way that your mom, you could actually interview your mom and your mom's going to give you some valid data. And so it kind of flipped it back on you to like, you need to be interviewing customers and asking the right kind of questions where those biases biases won't come into the picture. Um, and that was, yeah, that's really interesting. I think it's really hard to do and it's a skill. (laughs) 
And so I liked kind of his his uh, points to try to push you towards doing it correctly. Like one of the main things was don't don't let your pride get in the way. Like once you start talking about your idea, like, yeah, that's another thing. Don't just talk about your idea. Don't try to pitch the customer on it because yeah. at that point your pride is on the table and customers or, you know, the users you're talking to are going to try to be nice to you. They're going to try to say things to not make you feel bad. And basically, they're going to lie to you and kind of lead you astray in the feedback that they're going to give. Yeah, and I think that's also, we kind of covered that a little bit with when I made the videos for the new thing, remember? Um, where, where I was like, um, I'm not super sure that if people like t like tell me that they would actually buy that, that they would really go ahead and buy it because I was very, most of my questions were very broad. Um, you saw the video, didn't mm -hmm. you? And I think I yeah yeah I had some very broad questions in there. Um, so I would probably I would be the perfect person to <laughs> to redo that video after having run the <laughs> like read the, yeah. the mom test. <laughs> Yeah. Do, do you think that there is a place though? Because I mean, he's kind of pushing it on, you know, don't share your idea, like more so go for questions to learn about them and how they can use your product that you're thinking of making to validate it. Do you think there's still a place though to actually just be like, hey, I this is my idea. What do you think? Like, yeah, yeah, I like the question, and I think there is a place for that. And I think actually the the people that I that I sent the video to, or the people that you ask, um, are very important in that in that situation, because um, I sent it to people like you, people who also build products, who have found companies in the past, and who know what I'm what I'm trying to do, and I was not trying to like sell it to them per se. So I was more looking for feedback. Like, do you see if there is a market? Like, would you, you know, like, would you see a product like that anywhere mm -hmm. in between the competition? Um, so I think the people that I sent the video to or the people that I tried to gather feedback from were not exactly my customers. So I guess, yeah, I think it's okay to talk to those people um, the way I did because they know what I'm up to and I'm not really trying to like get specific information from them if they would buy or why they wouldn't buy <laughs> um mm -hmm. like they have i think this... what you said there though is a good differentiator is like you have to know in your mind that those people that you're asking about aren't necessarily your target customer yeah and so almost like you have to take what they say with a grain of salt because you know oh that person's actually not most yeah, likely right. going to be my customer but i just want to kind of know what they think about it because they're you know entrepreneur or whatever yeah yeah it was more like fellow bootstrappers or fellow founders and asking them if they would see a niche for it or if they would see a use yeah. for it well because i i mean i can also see with the kind of people you're asking like founders entrepreneurs people that know kind of or have experienced making business and stuff like i think they're those kind of people are more willing to just be real with you yeah. because they know if i lead you astray and just try to make you feel good <laughs> like yeah, exactly that could be terrible for you <laughs> yeah because then i might go build it and <laughs> waste time right <laughs> yeah the other thing i was thinking with that question of like you know just asking someone about your ideas kind of like what you're saying but like definitely people that are very experienced like I don't know, like people that have done it and they've made successful businesses already, like asking them and, and maybe you still have to ask it in a good way, but just being like, hey, what do you think of this idea? Do you think there's 
a a spot for this in the market mm-hmm. and like just kind of getting their take on it and again maybe they're not your customer but just their knowledge of business and and doing all that stuff i think that could still be really helpful yeah absolutely um, yeah. but i think you do have to be careful because i mean i don't know e- everyone even people that have succeeded and are successful like there's only so much that one person can know and understand in this world and so like they're not necessarily going to know even if they're a successful entrepreneur what your space is like or you know because you're doing a different product and um so i do think you probably really do need to talk to the customers that are your target customers to see really what the real deal is i think you shouldn't just take it for the absolute truth just because somebody very experienced says it won't work uh, I think that's also a mistake, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he talks about in there, it's your job to find the truth, not the customer's job to tell you. Yeah. Um, And so I think that is kind of a different way to look at it. Because, um, I, I mean, there's just generally people give a lot of advice, like, listen to your customers, listen to your customers. But if we're, as the entrepreneur, not filtering that out and knowing what to listen to, it could really mess us up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, one I know, exa- that's that's a hard skill for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I think that can be learned, though. Like if I mean, you can improve on what it's what it says in the book, right? You can basically try first interviews and then um, like literally take a step back and look at what you did in the interview, like assess your own interview, probably, <laughs> um, and then just get better at it over time. Um, yeah. So what are maybe some examples of like non-biasing questions that we can ask? our um, customers yeah, actually uh, one thing that i could have done differently in the video i'm not sure if that's a different point we we're all down here um but one thing that i could have done differently is ask them if there has been a previous um attempt to let's say switch away from things like slack like if they ever tried to um, move to move to a more calm way of communicating um in a, in a remote team because that would probably that would probably be more of an indicator than just asking if you like the product because you see that there is an incentive and that they have tried before you so you see that there is a that there is a market because you see they've tried it with a competitor and b that they mm-hmm. they themselves already you know invested time and probably even money to to get the entire team or at least part of it to uh to try something out so that's a good good indicator for you yeah, I agree. Like asking questions that have to do with the past, like how the user tried to do something in the past or how do you use a product in the past? Like those are real indicators. Like this is actually real data. Like this person yeah. actually did this thing um, instead of what would you maybe do in the future with some thing in your mind, <laughs> some some future product. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's interesting that especially if you don't even like if you if you enter an interview with a potential customer and don't even like tell them about your product. Um, I think that's where a lot of the bias comes from when you when you try talking to customers because you already have this product in mind that you want to build or have partly built. Um, and I think that that's the thing that leads to uh, biased questions a little bit more because you're trying to you're basically trying to validate your idea <laughs> and not trying to 
like find what the customer really wants or needs or tried to mm-hmm. uh, or tried in the past yeah it's like you're kind of trying to shove your idea on them and be like wouldn't wouldn't you use this <laughs> yeah. and oh what if it had this feature and this feature and this yeah, feature and they're exactly. like i don't really know but because i can't see it and it's a future thing but it sounds good <laughs> yeah so you're kind of trying to yeah, trying to make them um tell you yeah you're, what you're what you're building is is gold <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah it seems to me so like basically you know in the mom test he's talking about using questions that are real data so looking back to the past how did they use stuff what what have they paid for them in the past how they s- try to solve problems it seems to me though that those kind of questions and maybe that's why we end up doing the asking questions like oh what would you do in the future would you like this kind of stuff mm-hmm. is it's maybe really hard to find those kind of users and people that have actually tried things and have done stuff in the past. Like it really limits your users that you can talk to. I feel like, yeah, I think you need to, um, you need to find your, your audience a little, uh, (laughs) like you have to, you have to find the audience that has actually, um, used similar products or or things like that like you need to narrow that down a lot i feel because um let, let's say you just you just build a product you have a landing page up and basically everybody or anybody coming to the page could be a potential customer right but not everybody who comes to the page is also a good person to interview i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah, you kind of need to narrow that down because otherwise the only thing that you can ask them are actually hypothetical questions i guess so they most of them probably haven't tried switching to to anything like your product right yeah it's definitely hard like i wonder how many it it seems like it depends but how many interviews or people do you have to talk to to really (laughs) know yeah that's a good question validate (laughs) it does seem like it depends because it just you know it depends on is that user you're talking to in your target audience? Are they partially in it or not? And like, there's there's so many things you could learn. And so I feel like it kind of depends and probably depends on the problem space that you're looking at. Yep. But, um, okay, so jumping back to some of his other ideas, he kind of talks about uh, talking less and listening more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, that seems like a common thing like we want to just talk about what we're doing and (laughs) and really we just need to listen to actually learn the data points of how this user uses things and does things and so that's definitely a a hard skill i think to to uh do yeah and i think that also comes along with having having a vision of what you want to build and being excited about it so you're already entering an interview very biased and because you're so excited about what you what you want to pitch uh, that might lead the entire interview into the direction that it shouldn't go (laughs) yeah so i feel like and this is kind of going into i think what i want to do like kind of with my strategy with what i'm building next is not basically just not sharing the idea right away yeah and that's what he kind of talks about like more just sharing the problem that I'm trying to solve yep. and then talking to people about that and not saying, oh, this is the idea. This is what I'm going to build and it's going to look like this. And then you're already really 
kind of segmenting yourself yeah, into right. a very specific thing. Yeah. Um, and you could already have you could already be going the, the wrong direction right there. Um, cause when you talk to people, they're going to start talking to you in the way of, Oh, this is what you're building. Hmm. Um, and that might change their feedback where if I'm more just trying to learn and listen and kind of hear their problems and talk to them that way, I think I'll get a lot better. I'll get a lot better view of what I actually need to build. Yeah. What, what I really like though, is that it actually aligns very well with your approach of building the audience first, because if you have this audience and you've kind of narrowed down the niche that you want to build something for, then you already have the people that you might be able to, to interview, um, in a way that that is described in the book. I really like that. Yeah. So another yeah, it's kind of, yeah, go, okay, ahead. go ahead. Um, another thing that I was, was going to mention is that um, if you have actually found somebody um, to talk to and it went well with them and it's something, <laughs> it's very obvious, but I didn't think about that before actually is um, asking those people who else you should go talk to. I really like that idea because uh, it might actually give you, give you a really good hint on who next to interview. And it's obvious, but I still didn't mm -hmm. think about that. <laughs> yeah. And Yeah, it, it kind of gives you an idea from that person, like, okay, did they enjoy talking to me? Like, was yeah. it, did I do a good job of talking to them about problems and listening to them? Because people do, they do like to talk about themselves <laughs> <laughs> and, and they like to talk about their problems. So if you interviewed them in a way where you're getting the most data from them and listening to them well, I think they're going to want to be like, hey, yeah, I have some friends that might have some similar issues and I think they'd be willing to, like, they're more willing, they're going to be more willing to share and uh, recommend you to some other people where if it doesn't go well, they're probably like, eh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you got a new indicator right there. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, another idea that, Uh, he talks about in the book. I, I don't remember the author's name. <laughs> We probably should mention his name. Oh, I think it's Rob um, Fitzpatrick. Rob Fitzpatrick. Okay. Rob um, mentions that basically just trying to not make these meetings like very formal, like trying to make them more informal. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like that idea because um, once you get someone you know in their seat and you're like hey i'm gonna ask you all these questions <laughs> and like and like set up a meeting time and all this stuff they're gonna already kind of be a little rigid in their seat mm -hmm. and like <laughs> not be themselves as much yeah you where if you're just like informal and you're like hey how's it going and you start talking to them yeah. and it's just like more just a conversation that you can kind of guide but they don't necessarily know that you're trying to get information out of them Yeah. Um, like I don't know. Don't, I, like, I think that seems like that would work. Yeah. You don't want to make it sound like a sales pitch right from the start, I guess, because that sets wrong expectations as well. <laughs> Nobody likes a sales pitch. <laughs> Or I don't. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right. But my question is then, how do you do this remotely? Like, how can you make it informal remotely? Which I feel like that's mostly what we're going to have to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, actually talked about that 
with somebody else who I don't remember who it was um, about the uh, about the video stuff that I did like sending out videos instead of talking in person uh-huh I still think that's actually kind of a good idea I don't know um yeah like sending out the videos yeah you probably shouldn't rely on it 100% but apart from that like what what is that that you can actually do most people I know or I see doing that on Twitter is like hey I've got this thing and you can book like <laughs> you, can, you can book a book a, a, a Facebook a, a face call with me or something um, just pick a slot in my calendar and then just they just hop on a call but yeah that's uh, that's the hard thing to do I guess because especially because of time zones and stuff like that yeah well, it seems like to follow what Rob is saying, though, it's like almost you have to get on a call, like because you're supposed to listen to them and hear their problems, what they're going through, and hear kind of how they've done things in the past. It's like, I guess I don't know any other way of doing that other than jumping on a call. Yep, or in person. <laughs> so yeah, I right, think or it's in just, person. I think you just have to go through that, <laughs> even though it's like hard to pull off especially because of time constraints right yeah i think you'd have to do that but then kind of what i was getting at is like how can you do that in an informal way because it's like from the start you're gonna have to ask like you're gonna have to set up a meeting like there's no (laughs) other way to do it i feel like yeah that's true um i suppose it's just about the language you use like don't make it sound very much like i mean it's probably something if if you literally don't have a product yet you, there's nothing you can sell right so it should probably be more like um hey i'm trying to solve a problem in in the area that you're working on in or whatever <laughs> um and would you be yeah. like would you would you be cool with just uh answering a couple of questions and i might actually build something in the long run that could help you like work smarter or something like that whatever you're trying to build <laughs> right yeah, it did make me think, like, it at least for this part, like, it seems like there is some advantages to being in the same location as your yeah. customers. So I don't know about where you are in Germany, but, like, is there users, like, near you that you could start with where it's, like, you could actually run into them in person or, I mean, I guess, start up, like, make a meeting in person, something like that? that yeah. you can talk to yeah i mean there are i think actually in my city there are about five co-working spaces that also rent out to startups and small companies and those could be perfect audience right um right so i could yeah, actually definitely. just go there and uh, try to talk to them in person yeah that could work plus we have a university around here um which also always attracts those um <laughs> you know <laughs> people yep. trying to to build businesses small businesses right so that could be the target audience as well yeah so like for me i think kind of similar like i'm in seattle which there's a lot of businesses a lot of startups a lot of tech companies um and so i am thinking that maybe that's the best place for me to start is like yeah um, if i'm doing a b2b business which i think that's where i'm going that trying to find businesses that are here in this area and I could actually talk to people or, or yeah, go to meetups, go to places where they work. Like you're saying, like the, the community kind of ones, um, and just try to start with people here. And then maybe that will be a way to get a be able to listen and 
kind of get better feedback from people that are near me or that I can actually see in person. Yeah, and like then the, maybe later I could start with more remote kind of stuff. Yeah, I really like that actually. I haven't thought about it because <laughs> thinking about it, trying to sell to remote teams it might be a bit hard to go to their office, but um, <laughs> I, I guess I guess some of them will have one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, um, you know, the... Uh, do you, have you heard of the podcast Founder Quest? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so like Honey Badger, yeah. the company that does that, I know a couple of their founders, I think, live in Seattle or like hmm. basically in a suburb of Seattle. So I don't know, like I was thinking maybe they would be a, a good person for me to start with, especially since they're also like bootstrappers and stuff. Yeah, that but they're would be pretty awesome. close to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, good customers to start talking to and trying to get feedback from um, that I can start getting a clear signal of what to do. <laughs> or not to do. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I think or that's what the hard part. Like, you have, to, you have to be so open-minded if you go into those interviews that you might actually, like, they might tell you what, what you're trying to, trying to solve isn't a real problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. So another thing I like from the book, uh, we can talk about a little bit. Uh, when talking to customers, it's really good to understand like their goals and motivations behind yeah. what they're saying. Yeah, that I was thought a, that was really good to think about. Yeah, that was very impactful on me as well. I think the um, the, the basically the sentence, "Why do you bother?" Um, like looking for alternatives for Slack in my case, or something like that. Like, why do you want to achieve that? I think that's such a powerful question. Yeah, it's kind of like going deeper in what they're doing. Like, not just looking at the actions or the features that they want and are talking about. It's more like, okay, well, you say you want this, but why do you want this? Yeah. Because maybe they're even confused on saying, I want this. And they're <laughs> like, they might even be wrong about what mm -hmm. they want. Yeah. Um, and so if you really know the background behind it, like you can help guide them there. Like, actually, if your goals are this, I think really this would be better for you or, or we should do this other thing. Yeah. Um, you so might I actually, thought that was really good. Yeah, you might see that actually a simple spreadsheet could have solved the problem they are paying 600 bucks for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I've definitely had that with Coffee Pass where shops shop owners would ask for features and they'd be like hey can you do this and this and this and they'll just like rattle off a list mm -hmm. and then i'm kind of stuck like thinking well why do they want me to do that because that's just <laughs> a lot of work and are they actually going to use that yeah. and there was definitely some features that we built where we put a lot of time into it because even more than one shop was asking us for it. So multiple people were asking for it. So like, oh, I guess we should do this. But then once we had it, it was like no one, hardly anyone used it. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know that situation. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, I'm a developer for, I don't know, seven or eight years now. And when I have this, I have this one scenario in mind right now where uh, we have this big client and they, um, they have people out there selling stuff like selling buildings basically so it's not very unimportant um and we, we built an app for them so they could show some stuff around the building they tried to sell um 
<laughs> I don't want to say any names right now, but um, <laughs> I need to focus that nothing slips right now. Um, right. <laughs> so they they came to us and they said we want feature X Y Z, and um, I was like, I are you sure the people who sell using this app are actually like they actually use it that way? And they came basically from the marketing department, and mm -hmm. they were like, yeah, sure, they they want that, they need that. And I was like, are you serious? Because this will take like six months of development work. And if they don't need it, we just <laughs> wasted a shitload of money. And my my boss was like, yeah, we're just going to build that. So let, just let them have it. I was like, I, like, are you serious? Should we really do that? And in the end, I actually managed to... As long as they're paying you, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the problem that... I don't like that. That's attitude. a problem that happens. I just, I yeah, that's wanna... the problem that happens with firms and stuff, right? I just don't want to build stuff nobody uses, right? So what I what I managed to do was actually convince them to make a survey among those people who actually use the application to sell those buildings, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's still to I mean it's it's still in the conduction basically, so they didn't like it's not finished yet, but I literally I'm hoping that <laughs> <laughs> the result will be we won't build this stuff because they won't actually use it. <laughs> so yeah. I'm trying to actually push back on stuff like that a little bit because I've, yeah, I've experienced it, like building stuff that nobody uses and I really don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> I guess, yeah, for a software firm, like that's that's the good thing to do, like really help your, your customer that you're trying to build yeah. something for because if long-term, you know, you help them out by making them not <laughs> spend so much yeah. money trying to go down some path, they're going to want to come back to you, you know? So yeah, I think long term. Say, yeah, we could just say yes and take the money <laughs> and let them burn it and then nobody uses it, but mm, I don't know. I don't like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's definitely not not good. Um, um, yeah. So another point that just stood out to me while I was talking. <laughs> um, people are always more positive about the future than they really are. Uh, mm, I like that. Yeah. Especially when it comes to pricing or talking about actually buying. Uh, kind mm -hmm. of kind of what we said in the beginning that people like, um, they, they kind of lie to you sometimes because of, I don't know, the way that you ask questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and because of that, like, I can kind of see Rob, he kind of looks at things from a very, uh, I don't know if negative is the right word. I'm trying to think of the right word. But, like, basically, <laughs> he's looking at things with a very, like, more, grain more of pessimistic, salt. yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little pessimistic, like, just kind of knowing, like, basically, he's not trusting people. Yeah, he's not taking everything. <laughs> and so he looks yeah. at, <laughs> yeah, he looks at things like that. And in some ways, it's... Uh, that's kind of hard I think to do but I think it is the right approach because you kind of have to like people are gonna not tell you the truth a lot and so you kind of have to really push on them like do you really mean that or are you really is that really what you think and things mm -hmm. like that but it's hard to do because I know like especially with your own ideas it's mm -hmm. like you want to be positive yeah, about it and you want to yeah. be like this is gonna work yeah. I'm gonna do this <laughs> this is gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah you, you want the validation right <laughs> Yeah, and actually, I feel like that goes into, I think one of the hardest parts of being an entrepreneur is having the positivity and optimism to get you through. Like, you you kind of have to be positive because it's a lot of work, it's really hard, 
and you kind of have to have in your in your mind that this is going to happen even though the chances of it happening might be slim yeah and so you kind of have to be super positive but then at the same time like like rob's saying you have to be kind of pessimistic about data (laughs) and the things that you're hearing so that you actually are going in the right path yeah um I mean, sometimes so it's like, how do you how do you balance these two things? <laughs> you, you have to uh. be kind of insane sometimes. Like there are a million, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are a million voices in your head, and then sometimes even the the voice of your fiance or whatever, like telling you that's a shitty idea, but you still have to believe in it. <laughs> yep. So basically, we just have to be crazy <laughs> to a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I feel like that's. Yeah, that's definitely one of the hardest things I've experienced is like then in your mind you kind of go back and forth with how you feel yeah. like emotionally. Yeah, it's a roller coaster <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. And I think uh, you, that that creates this incentive of convincing people like are you like didn't you get what I'm trying to <laughs> like what I'm trying to build and that's exactly what yeah. you shouldn't do, right? Right. Like if they don't yeah. see it, they don't see it. <laughs> Yeah, it makes you kind of just grasp for any hope that you possibly can yes. have and just be like, please like this thing I'm building. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like Rob's saying, that's not where you want to go. <laughs> Ugh. I think it's hard to do. Yeah, I can't wait for your first interview trying to apply the mom test. <laughs> I want to hear yeah. how that went down. <laughs> yeah, I think I should start with my mom, right? Because... <laughs> I mean that's the whole point. The mom tests. Well, I that would start be awesome. My mom. <laughs> she probably have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, um, maybe we'll end this episode here, and we can talk a little bit more about this in a, another episode. Yep. Let's do that. So hopefully that was interesting for uh, listeners. And if you guys have any thoughts, uh, definitely. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter and uh, or maybe ask some questions about the mom test or something and maybe we can cover some of that or jump into something a little deeper if you want us to. Um, so you can find any information about the mom test, our Twitters and stuff in the show notes. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you next time. Yep, let's call it a pod. <laughs> All, All right, right, bye.